Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Amen. I missed almost everybody. <laughs> almost, almost everybody. <laughs> uh, I, uh, we were, we were blessed that we, uh, we had, we asked Sister Angela to, uh, to house it and watch our, our, uh, Columbus. He's a giant stuffed cat named Buddy, but he is a dog, but he's technically a cat. Um, she stayed at our house, and when we came home, I kept expecting something to be done. Like when you have friends stay at your house, you know something's, something's going to be amiss and you don't know what it is. I expected this guy to do something dumb, but um, the only thing that I noticed was that there were these rocks in my front yard that have stickers all over them. And I didn't understand what that was about. I thought I immediately got onto the kids. Why are you putting stickers on rocks? And my understanding is that somebody named Josh 2.0 left a bunch of rocks in our yard with stickers on them and it's just well that's just weird bro it's just it's just we 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 do call him josh 2.0 in our house because when he showed up people were like well brother josh did this and brother josh did that and it's like i i didn't do nothing and I'm like no not that josh josh 2.0 the the new and revised josh so i'm like i need i need a new name i need a new name yeah, <laughs> the old Josh. Wow, shots fired from my own pastor. Wow. <laughs> How about we get into the Word? Amen. Amen. Second Chronicles seven and fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, God. Today, God, I ask that you would anoint this word. Let it settle down in my heart, God. Let it rest within me, Jesus. And let it go forward and do what you have asked it to do. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. In your mighty name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, yeah, Pastor did ask me last night, so I'm not going to make excuses. I, I may be a little bit all over the board this morning, um, but I, I'm trusting that God wants to say something specific. And, then, and as, I, as I started to get into what it was to talk about today, there's a single word that kept coming to mind. A single word that God kept saying to me is prayer. Pray. 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 The Bible talks about how there are several people in the Bible um, throughout several characters. I love, you know, I call them characters, but we know that the Bible is actually a document of history. So they're not characters. These are real people. So I always get torn when we call them, reference them as characters, because that'd be like calling me a character, which some people do. But 
we talk about how uh, there are different individuals, real life individuals, who throughout history encountered God. They had a profound moment with Jesus. And those moments went to a whole other level for those individuals than what it does for, for even just you and I. And what always stands out to me, what I always find interesting is anytime I see a story or I read a story about somebody whose name was changed in the Bible, whose complete identity was changed. Abram became Abraham. Sarai became Sarah. Jacob became Israel. Solomon became Jedediah. Saul became Paul. There were several instances throughout the Old Testament that we can read where a person's encounter with God completely changed their entire identity of who they were. And I love that. I'm all about a new year. A new year, new you, right? I love a new, a fresh start, a new look. I'm one of those guys, I mean, we are on January 7th. How's it going? Seven days into 2024, and I was going to get after it, man. This is it. This is a new me, new time, new year. We're seven days in. Have you even started yet? <laughs> Have you? And how strong are you hanging on to whatever those new resolutions are? And so when we look at that, I just feel like God was kind of talking to me a bit more about this change in identity and, and the start of a new year and, and what a fresh start looks like. And in education circles, as, as a school educator, we talk about the term backward design. Uh, backward design means that you look at the end, you begin with the end in mind. You look at where am I trying to get to, and then let me work backwards on what steps I need to take now to get to the end game. At the end of 2023, were you closer to who God has called you to be than at the start of 2023? Backwards. Let's look backwards. 2022, what progress did you make and who you wanted to be personally? You know, I talk a lot uh, as a high school counselor, spend a lot of time talking to kids before they graduated about where they saw themselves in five years from now, where they saw themselves 10 years from now. And a lot of kids did not want to start going to college. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know where I want to go. I don't know what steps to take. And so what they would do is they would say, I'm just going to take a gap year is the popular term. I'm going I'm to go find myself, right? But what ended up happening for that year was they ended up getting maybe a full-time job, maybe, working at Mickey D's, working at JCPenney's, and then they spent all of that money, and they traveled to Disneyland, they road-tripped it, but at the end of that year, they were no closer to, quote-unquote, finding themselves than anybody else. I remember when I started college, I got to the end of my basics. It was the first, at the end of your first two years, they tell you, you now have to declare a major. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I could tell you now, after being in education for 19 years, I still don't know what I, what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> I don't. 
I don't. I've got, man, I, I was talking to somebody the other day that they, uh, they, they have, um, they have an opportunity. They, the, the, the military, they, 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 they have retired from the military and they are full disability and they have full ride, like they full paid education. And I told them, I think I would just become a professional student if I was in that moment. I, I love to learn. I would want to pursue five or six different bachelor's degrees all at the same time. That's who I am. That's, that's my niche. I love to just study and learn and I just want to become a, a, a jack of all trades, if you will. But I can tell you that uh, I have certain strengths and I have certain areas of, that are challenging to me. Uh, I do not have spatial awareness. I cannot look at a room. So my, my wife can do this. We, we're, we're in the process of remodeling. Thank you, Vargas Remodeling. <laughs> but we're in the process of remodeling. My wife can look in a room and she can envision what something looks like. Well, in her mind, she can move a table over to that wall. She could change the paint on over on that wall. She could just shuffle things around. A spatial awareness. Not me. I'm the guy that's got to do things the hard way. I got to push things over. I can't see it unless I actually do it. Last night, we got a new griddle. We got a new grill at the house, and James, I mean, he's 11. That dude unboxed the thing, and he decided that thing was just nothing more than a giant Lego set for him. And he looked at it, and he put the whole thing together. I, I should have brought pictures. I should have put them up. But he built this entire grill last night by himself. I sat there. I watched him. I helped him pick up the lid that was, like, heavy. I would have needed help myself if I was doing it. But other than that, the dude built the whole thing himself. It's fully functional and it works, which is awesome. But he has that kind of a mind, that ability. I want to become more like that. I want to have that type of spatial awareness. But when we talk about from a spiritual standpoint, I want to also, I want to step into my name, a new name, a new calling. And I told you guys, I might be a little bit all over the place, but this makes sense to me. So at the end of this year, where do you want to be? I want to be more, uh, I want to be able to have more of that ability to, to kind of focus. I need to practice more on that spatial awareness as we go through our remodeling phase. But more importantly, I want to be closer to who God has called me to be. And the one thing that has really stood out to me that I've been just, you know, in my thoughts, we did a road trip to Texas, and, and we're on the road for 18 hours each, you know, one way, both ways. The kids are asleep, and I just had my headphones on, and I got lost. I fell down this rabbit hole where I started listening to just worship music. And as time went by, and I'm, I'm please, please hear this, I'm, I'm no... I'm no word, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not anybody special in this standpoint, but, but there was a hunger that is just growing inside of me. At the end of this year, I cannot let another year go by where the air ends and I am like one of those high school kids that just took a gap year and I didn't take any step in any direction. I'm still standing in the same spot. On January 7th, I need to look forwards to who I want to be in Christ. So that come December, come, come at the end, December 31, I am that much closer to who he has called me to be. And as I prepared for this message today, I was just asking God, God, how do I get from here to there?
how do I get to who you have called me to be? And just as Abram became Abraham and Saul became Paul, I started to ask God, what would my name be? Who do you want to call me to be? Who am I supposed to be in you, Jesus? Have you asked that? And if you haven't asked that, I want to ask you, how hungry are you for the things of God in your life? How much is it that you strive for God? See, we, 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 we say that we want God in our life. We say that we desire more of God, but we, we end up becoming so caught up. We get, we get attacked by what, what, what I've heard uh, Brother King Gurley, Pastor King Gurley from Texas. He, he calls them the nest monsters. The nest monsters. He calls hopelessness, loneliness, worldliness, selfishness. We get attacked by those nest monsters. And we get lost in all of that stuff. We, we start to just feel hopeless. And it's like, God, where are you? And I feel like while I'm praying about what God would have us to know, if you want to uh, get closer from today to tomorrow, if you want to conquer those nest monsters in your life, there's only one answer, and that is prayer. That is prayer. Amen? James 5 and 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. That effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God I love this. You're feeling hopeless? You're feeling hopeless? Hopelessness is attacked. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding. God, and despite how attacked I feel, despite everything falling apart, I don't understand it, but I trust you. So you don't get filled with that anxiety. You don't get filled with that hopelessness. The peace that passes all understanding to everybody else. I don't understand how you can still smile throughout this process. I don't understand how you can still be a positive person. How you can still be happy. I have the peace of God. How do you get the peace of God? How? Where does it come from? It comes from prayer. Amen. The, the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Matthew 21 and 22. And all things, <laughs> all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, believe it, and ye shall receive. As long as it's in alignment with what God has for you. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Jeremiah 29 and 12. Then shall ye call upon me. How do I call upon him? That is prayer. 
and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Mark 11 and 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And Luke 11, 9 through 10. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. You see, folks, prayer changes things. I know what prayer can do. I know what prayer can do. You've, many of you have heard my testimony. Most of you have heard my testimony. But when we talk about what prayer can do, it's not always just, God, give me a million dollars. That's not how prayer works. Jesus, we cannot put Jesus in a lamp. He is not a genie in a lamp that you simply rub and you expect that he will grant you three wishes. That's not how that works. Prayer is not just about asking for things, but rather prayer is direct communication with God. It is a personal relationship with him that takes your walk with God to a whole other level. It's when you have that relationship with God through prayer, then you start to ask for things that are more in alignment with who God has called you to be. So when we ask for a new name, God, what would my name be in you, Jesus? If you were to change my name today, it's prayer that will reveal that to you. And it's going to be in alignment with what his calling is for your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I just, I feel so strongly today that what our problem is in the world is that we are a prayerless society. Recent studies report that only 20% of, or 20 of American, 20 percent of American adults, there it is, 20 percent of American adults regularly attend church. Some 94 percent of churches, according to Pew Research, are either plateaued or they are declining. Evil is on the rise, and this is evident in knowing that child sex trafficking is at its highest point of popularity in America than ever any other time in society. Violence is made popular even locally, as it's been reported about a rash of attacks of teenagers in the Arizona East Valley who have been randomly targeting and attacking peers just for fun. Anybody that's been reading the news lately knows the name Preston Lord, who was killed in Santan Valley from a random attack. A 17-year-old in Illinois was uh, just shot and killed a sixth-grade sixth student just last week. School administrator was injured, and any time those reports come up, you know, of course they're red flag for me, things that I'm watching. We live in an evil world. We live in an evil time. It's a scary time for those that don't have God. It's a terrifying time for parents raising children in today's society. But I, I am reminded of that time when, when um, I was going through cancer and, and we were at MD Anderson in Houston and, and walking through the halls and going through chemo and radiation and all the things. And I just remember feeling so, so sick and so much pain. But as we're going through, I'm praying to myself, my God, I need you. 
God, I need you right now. Get me through this. I don't feel good. I feel nauseous. I, I need you, God. And I remember looking around the room and having, a, despite all of that, knowing that God was with me. But I also remember very clearly looking in the faces of others sitting in that room. And their eyes were filled with terror and fear over what tomorrow holds. Lost and hopeless, putting 100% of their faith in medicine and doctors. And I thank God for those doctors. I thank God for the treatment that I went through. I'm standing here today because God used doctors to help me. But if I didn't have that hope in Jesus, I, I can't imagine going through that type of fight for your life. Just leaning into your own understanding of what steps you have to do and what steps you have to take. Amen. Amen. Prayerless people contact contract this disease of stage four prayerlessness. It's a product of twin viruses of doubt and apathy. People with no or little faith do not pray. Prayerlessness. Prayerless people long ago have compromised their immune system by allowing lesser loves to consume their every waking moment. They spend more time doom scrolling on their social media than in building a relationship with Jesus. We talk to those we love, so our silence to God is the measure of our level of our loveless condition. It's almost like prayer has become one of those random skill sets that only our elders are capable of doing. Similar to sewing dresses or building fires from scratch or, you know, how they used to build barns from, you know, just, just their bare hands going out there in farms and whatnot. We believe that only the elderly can pray. It's a lost skill set. A communication tool that's resorted back to just landlines and maybe telegrams. A prayerless society. We've become lazy. We've become apathetic. And with the invention of technology, I mean, Amazon, you, you don't have to build or create anything. You can literally order anything and even get same-day delivery in many cases. With the internet and smartphones, we suddenly have all of the answers to all of life's questions in our pocket. I was talking, telling somebody the other day, my, my math teacher used to always get on to me because I wouldn't study. And he was like, you're not going to be able to carry a calculator everywhere you go with you. <laughs> what now? <laughs> Google has made the need to pray an afterthought as the answers to just about anything you need to know are at the palm of your hands with your smartphone. One of the most popular apps, I was reading an article about this, one of the most popular apps right now is that you can now text how you are feeling to artificial intelligence who are simulating a psychologist. And it's a popular tool amongst the early 20-somethings, late teenagers, because they feel more comfortable texting than they do having a face-to-face -face conversation. They've grown up in a society where that's how you communicate. The idea of actually having a conversation with a person is extremely difficult. Jamie and I were just talking because she has, she has phone phobia. She, she struggles, she'll tell you. You know, just, just making a phone call to somebody 
to ask even her own mom. I, I give her a hard time. It's like, well, what, what are they doing? Are they sleeping? Are they cooking? Are they at church? Where are they at? I don't know what they're doing. I don't think I could call them right now. And there's all this anxiety that builds up before making a phone call. And there's many of my teachers I'm telling them all the time, this kid has been failing for six weeks. What did the parents say? Well, I sent him an email. <laughs> well, I need you to pick up a phone call, phone and have a conversation with somebody. Invite them in person. And there's all this anxiety that builds up from actually talking to somebody in person. Brother Francisco and I were talking the other day. It is hard to make friends as adults. You know, I, James will go out. He's 11. He will go out. John, John is my most popular guy. He's seven. They will just walk right up to a kid at a park. Hi, I'm John. Are you my friend? I guess we're friends now. And they walk away. And they just, they just go and they play. And it's like, yeah, I, who's that guy? I don't know, but he's my friend. 43 years old, if I walked up to somebody and said, hey, do you want to be my friend? They would look at me like I'm weirdo. <laughs> I mean, try it today at lunch. Just when you're at a restaurant, walk up this way. Hey, you want to be my friend? Let me know how that goes. I'd love to hear that conversation. It's hard to make friends as adults. I don't know why, but it is. Communication is different today than it ever used to be. There's a, there's a, a video that's out there about guests coming to your house. And how back in the day, somebody will walk up to your door and they'd ring the doorbell and everybody would stop. And they're like, oh, we have a visitor. This is awesome. Somebody go grab the cake and bring it. There was always just cakes just ready for visitors to show up to your house. You've seen the video, right? Like, so they just open the door. Hello, how are you? You selling vacuums? Come on in. Let's talk. They're a visitor. Today, you're hanging out the house. The doorbell rings. Everybody hits the deck. Turn off the lights. Who is it? You're here, you're here, you're here. Why somebody at the house? They didn't call me. They didn't tell me they were coming. I don't know who that is. Are they selling something? We're not buying. It's a different world today. How we talk to each other. And we start to apply that version of communication to how we communicate with God. You can't text Jesus. Your post on social media about how good God is doesn't count as worship to God. It doesn't. I mean, it's a great little meme that you put out there, but it, it is not a substitute for knowing the heart of God. Amen? I want a relationship with Jesus I want to walk in his presence. I want to wake up in the morning and start my day off in his throne room. I want, we have got to pray, people. We have got to pray over our kids. We have got to pray over our families. If you're not starting your day off by just praying for protection, God, protect my kids. God, put your hand upon my children. No matter where they go, no matter who they talk to, protect their eyes, protect their ears, Lord, protect their heart. God, protect me today. Keep me, Lord, from those that would do me harm. 
We have got to start anointing ourselves, anointing our children, anointing our house. Sometimes we, we will get into a place where at our own home, our kids, things will just get out of whack, and they'll just catch us off guard, and all of a sudden, everybody's arguing, and they're bickering, and we'll just stop. We're like, we, <laughs> we got to pray. We'll go get, I mean, call it cookie or whatever, but we'll go get some vegetable oil, and we, walk, we turn our worship music, and we tell kids, here you go. We put it on each of their hands, and we say, we're praying over this house right now. This is ridiculous. We got to kick whatever garbage is out of here. We don't do it nearly enough and enough, but I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, when we stop and we pray, prayer changes things. Amen? Prayer changes things. Prayerlessness. We're busier more, and more productive and more entertained than ever before as a society, yet we struggle to juggle the most important pieces of our lives, our families, our relationships, our careers. God fits somewhere into all of that, but we struggle so much with fitting him in. Prayerlessness is killing us spiritually. Similar to a slow death that obesity brings about, we don't exercise as we know we could or should, and in the same place, we don't pray as we know we must. And as a result, we're cursed. We're cursed with prayerless homes, prayerless parents, prayerless children, and prayerless society. So why should we pray? If prayer is simply to get answers, then today's church can consult Google. We talked about that. What has happened to us? There's three churches. We'll call them church A, B, and C. Church A, if you show up, will hand you a printed card of all the programs that they offer. They've got over 50 programs. Women can go find the champion within them. Men can learn to build the greatest man cave possible, and your kids will be entertained for hours and nonstop fun. But that church will not mention prayer, not even once. Church B is the flip side, the reverse of that. Their website is almost non-existent. Their last social media post is from the last 10 years, and their songs are considered timeless or very old. They look with suspicion at any and all things newer than the past century. Prayer to them is a bless us for and no more mentality. Yet they would say they're merely being faithful to God. But prayer does not exist in that house either. There's church C. They try. They try really hard. They try to lift God up in worship. They study. They apply the word. They're faithful in doctrine and while also reaching out to those around them. They honor their heritage. They care about their legacy. Yet Church C does not necessarily teach about prayerlessness or prayerfulness. Instead, church going becomes a substitute for church being. Having good emotional church becomes the sole focus, but not being the church to the world around them. We cannot be the church without being prayerful. So, we need a church D. Keep everything good and right in the church C categories, yet introducing intentional prayerfulness. In the flesh, we cannot balance such things as holiness and mercy, sound doctrine and evangelism, or spirit and truth. If you can find a prayerful church, you will find these qualities in abundance. As the years march on, it seems that we have become more and more off track. In our departure from the apostolic norms, we have lost some precious things. 
But I'm optimistic that with God's help, we can restore prayer. I'm also realistic. Some of us have been asleep for so long that slumber has become our normal state. We sleep through the crying need of the hour. People are in desperation that walk into our church doors and sit right next to us, and yet we become so apathetic we don't realize that they are here because God has drawn them to us. Without having that connection to God, without having that prayerful connection to God, we miss those that are right here in our midst. We become apathetic to those that are right outside our doors. Jesus, help me to be prayerful this year. Our present condition has resulted from a lack of prayer. And the cure that requires us to rebuild that devotion, that relationship to God, is quite simple. It really is simple. It's to pray. The cure for acute prayerlessness is intentional prayerfulness. We must stir ourselves from sleep. We must be renewed that we, may be, that we may be able to tap into our anointing once again. God has called you, sleepy Christian. He's called you. But you cannot hear that call if you do not communicate with him. God, help me to define my alone time. Help me to anoint my prayer closet. Help me to be intentional in my morning prayer my afternoon prayer, every daily walking minute. I'm not telling you that you have to be talking in tongues while you're ordering your meal this afternoon. But a simple, you'll feel that we are, we are in spiritual warfare. As those come around us, you will feel it. And a simple, God, touch them. God, use me. I said that that's all it takes. And he's going to hear your voice. He's going to hear you calling out to him. And then there's the meditation side, because I've talked a lot about prayer. I've done a lot of talking. That's what prayer can be, a lot of talking. But the meditation side of things is when you close your mouth and you get quiet and you take time to listen. You cannot listen with you know, a television on in the background. You cannot listen while you're at work. You can pray. God, I need you. God, I, I, I have to have you. But it's very difficult to sit and listen to God while you're also trying to. So we have to take time not just to communicate to him, but we have to take time to hear from him as well. Amen? Amen. So how should we pray? And I'm wrapping up. We need to pray. I talked about it already, but we need to pray for, for protection. Pray over your family. Keep them from harm. Protect their coming and going in. Coming in and going out. God, protect us. Protect my babies. Protect the kids in our Sunday school program. Lord, protect my friends. Protect my church family. Protect my pastor. My pastor needs protection, God. He is under spiritual attack. His family is under spiritual attack. Lord, put your angels around him. Dispatch your angels around him. Amen? We need to pray specifically that. Dispatch those angels, God. Dispatch your angels of protection around us. Pray that they will go with me. Give me wisdom and guidance. Keep me, Lord, from myself. And a lot of times, God, when I get there and you know where I'm weak, you know what, where, where I fall short and where, where temptation comes. God, I need you. Dispatch your angels. Help me, Lord. Protect my mind. I think that's probably my biggest battleground. I don't know about you, but my mind 
can play tricks on me. I am, I am sanctified. I'm, I'm, I'm Holy Ghost filled. I, I pursue after God. And despite that, I'm still flesh. And it's weird how you'll just randomly have a dark thought. You'll have a, a, a weird, crazy, just, just a, it's a fleeting moment, but it's like, what was that? Where did that come from? Why? That's the enemy. That's the attack of the enemy. That's the attack. That's the distraction of the enemy. That all of a sudden, I'm so alone. I'm all by myself. What? I've got a loving family, a loving church family. I have a relationship with God. I'm not alone. But why do all of a sudden, I've got so much anxiety. I can't think clearly. God, I don't know what to do. Who am I? What, what, what is happening? And you start to get just caught up and wrapped up in these weird cycle of thoughts of I can't, I can't, I can't. And God is like, stop. Stop. Listen. I'm here with you. So pray over your mind. Pray over the spiritual warfare that you're going to go through. God has given us some of the greatest weapons, and we can find and loose spirits. I love to pray. I, we went through a prayer conference years and years ago, but I remember he talked about how in the spirit you can bind things in the name of God. You can bind things in the name of Jesus, and you can loose things in the name of Jesus. So when you're, when you're praying over somebody, I will often, I will, I will go to somebody and say, I bind this disease in Jesus' name. I bind sickness, you have no hold over this person. I bind it in Jesus' name right now, and I loose your healing authority right now. In the name of God, I loose your authority over this person's life. Lord, they need healing, they need a touch, and we loose your authority, your anointing right now now. And I pray over those individuals. And I say, God, I need you to move right now. You, they need you to move right now. And we just cry out to him. And that way, when we bind things on earth, the, de the Bible talks about how the, the devil has no authority. He walks around like a roaring lion, but he, he I, I like, I picture things like a, like, like a cartoon sometimes. I just picture the devil like a gummy lion, where he's just a lion with like gums. He has no teeth. He just walks, he's roaring everybody, making, making a big, big show of things, but he has no authority. He has no authority. He looks tough. He looks mean. But, but God, God is the ultimate authority. Amen. So we have got to pray over those moments where somebody who is, they, they're going to come in your presence. That is what we are, we are called to minister. We are called to lead others. You're not called to just sit on a pew and keep it warm. You're, you are called to minister to others. But you cannot do that from a prayerless position. You have to be prayed up. You have to be ready to go. Amen. Pray the word. You've got to read the word. You've got to study the word. You've got to get the word down in your heart. I love the fact that we got Bible quizzing going on. I know those kids know those verses better than they should today. But they're getting those, that scripture down deep in their heart. Because there's going to come a day, there's going to come a time when they're going to have to just speak it. God, you said, <laughs> in Acts 2.38, you said, Jesus, repent and be baptized, every one of you. When a friend comes up to him, hey, I, I love how happy you are. I love how positive you are. What do you have? What, what is it that's different? Well, I believe I'm going to heaven. How do you know you're going to heaven? Oh, the Bible tells you. It says in Acts 2.38, let me tell you right here, right now. It's getting the word into our heart, but that's part of that prayer time, that communication, that talk with them. And then I talked about it. What, what my family will do is anoint with oil. 
The Bible talks about how there is power and that sort of thing. We, we have got to, you are not above, you don't, it, you don't have to be bishop of the church to anoint with oil. I love bishop. I love, I like, I, this is a powerful praying man right here. I don't, I don't want to take anything away from his walk with God. But what I'm saying is God has called each one of us to be able to anoint with oil. He's called, you've got to be prayed up, but you take your house, you anoint your, you anoint your car. Are you having car problems right now? God, I bind it in Jesus' name. I pray over the tires of this thing. I can't afford new tires right now. I can't afford it. God, I pray over my bank account right now. Jesus, loose your authority. God, you have promised me that you will take care of me, that you love me. God, I need your financial blessing. Bless me so I can bless others, God. Bless my heart, my mind, so that I'm wise with my money. Bless me, God, in a way that I can bless the kingdom. In Jesus' name. We're getting ready to start with uh, Save Our Children if, as you guys stand this morning. We're getting ready to start with Save Our Children. We'll make a bigger push about what our goal and our plan is. But it's all about investment. Investing in the kingdom. Investing in our children. Investing in yourself. God, we need you. But how do you get started? It's with prayer. And uh, I'll finish with this, just because I've been giving updates anytime I get the microphone. Uh, about the situation with my, my shoulders. So many of you know uh, that with my arm, this is about as high as it goes. And I've been doing all sorts of imaging and scans. We've spent thousands of dollars on MRIs and I mean, ETs, EGGs, and whatever else. I've done all sorts of stuff. Um, and in the end, uh, we come to find out we had some scares. They're like, oh, maybe there's a tumor. Maybe there's not a tumor or a rotator cuff. It's none of that stuff. It's none of that. What it is, quite simply, it's really easy, is that 11 years ago, I had radiation to the head and neck. That radiation over time has started to wear down certain nerves in my shoulder. And over time, each of those nerves have kind of been fraying and breaking. And we have just finally hit a moment where enough of those have frayed and broken so that the, the shoulder only goes up so high. That's all it is. And so what they said is, well, there's no surgery we can do. There's no medicine we can do to fix your shoulder. It is what it is, and that's where you are. But you're alive. Praise God. Hallelujah. Right? What we recommend is that you go to physical therapy. go to physical therapy. Well, so I go to physical therapy and it just so happens that one of my cousins is a physical therapist. That's convenient. So I went in I'm like, hey man, this is what they said. He's like, huh, cool. So I said, so what is it? Like three times a week for eight weeks or what, what do we do? He's like, oh, unfortunately your situation, it's not a broken bone. It's not a torn rotator cuff. This is a lifestyle change. Your body is going to continue to age, and it ages more rapidly with radiation doses. And so, if you want to stop your arm from lowering and lowering, you have to physical therapy. You have to exercise. And that will slow down how your body reacts. But you are in control of that. We can meet, and I can charge you $65 a visit, and that's just how it is, you know, here. And we can do all that. Or... Or you can just exercise and eat right 
and make that your new lifestyle change. The choice is yours. I'll send you some exercises. I'll, I'll share an app with you on what to do, what to watch. Um, and then you just, at the end of the day, I can't do it for you. Nobody else can do it for you. You have to go and you have to exercise. You have to eat right. And if you do, you will slow down the damage that's been caused. If you don't, the damage will continue. It's really simple. If you want to get better, eat right and exercise. If you want to get better spiritually, it's really simple. Nobody can pray for you. We'll pray over you. We'll pray with you. But at the end of the day, if you want a relationship with God, there's nothing to it but to do it. Nike said it best, right? Just do it. Just do it. Amen. I want a new name in God. I want a new name in Him. I want a relationship with Him at a deeper level, a higher level, a greater place. I want to walk in anointing. When I walk into a room, I want to be able to change the atmosphere because the anointing is so thick upon me. I want to be able, when somebody walks up here and they're ready for a healing, I want to be able to say, God, in your name. And I want to watch miracles and signs and wonders happen because I have allowed God to use me. Not because I don't have the power to heal anybody. I don't have the power to heal anybody. I want to be able to have the wisdom and the mentality to be able to give a peace of mind to just speak life into somebody that is feeling negative and depression. I want people to just feel joy and hopefulness when they come around me. And that should be our prayer, to be the church through a relationship with God. Amen? So as I close, if we can find a place to pray, I believe that's what God has called us to. But not just to pray, but to say, God, let today be the first day for the rest of this year as I commit myself to a life of prayerfulness. I will attack those nest monsters of hopelessness and loneliness with a prayerful life. I will replace it with hopefulness joyfulness in Jesus name I love you Lord I praise you God we need you we need you